0: what up
1: can you hear me or no yeah Ooh, nice can you hear me yeah
0: hell yeah let's go this,
1: <laughs> this is the start. show <laughs> this, this is the shit. show here we go this is the smoothest hitting the ever ground gone. running <laughs> i was still writing notes and here I'm you are full of just... beans you're full you're full of beans
0: full of beans like baked beans not literally oh. i meant like energetically oh you that's know that saying yeah like being full of beans no <laughs> i'm actually full of cottage cheese that
1: might be worse <laughs> and seltzer no. oh Dude, god you're gonna be burping and farting your way through our show i
0: promise not to fart audibly i may burp <laughs> all
1: right well i'm drinking a seltzer too what you got there with flavor
0: uh i got some lemon
1: what do you got <laughs> i've got lime
0: oh we're a real sprite brother
1: <laughs> the sprite brothers yep. <laughs> cousins to the right brothers um all right we, <laughs> we sound good jack what are we doing
0: what are we? No, There's no, no jackhammering that we can hear. I don't think.
1: Uh, no puppy no, noises.
0: No puppy noises. At least not on my end.
1: Yeah. Well, my my puppy's kind of sleeping. So. All right. It's good. I'm good. Cool. I'm ready.
0: Here we go. What's going on?
1: I'm so sleepy.
0: What? what? Why are you sleepy? I'm
1: gonna bring an upbeat energy. Um, did you been outside today? Is it hot there? Oh,
0: have I been outside today? Come on. I just got back from a run. Oh. I went for a run outside. What what temperature do you think it is right now? In D.C.? Yeah.
1: 92. Hey, Siri, what's
0: the temperature right now?
1: This is terrible podcasting.
0: 95 degrees. 95 <laughs> degrees. Hey, Siri, yeah. what's the humidity right now? The humidity index
1: is currently 50%. 50%. Uh, wow, you're really tough.
0: And I went for a run, and I only walked and cried a little bit.
1: Why'd you choose such a poor time to run? You have well, control of your own schedule.
0: This is when I, well, here's the thing. I wanted to put in a good day, a decent day of work. And I wanted to run before dinner and I wanted to run before I talked to you.
1: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It all checks out. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah, You actually that, work you outside know. all day. Yeah. It was a hot day for working outside. Um, but it was fine. It was good. I mean, yesterday was beautiful. I know it was like in DC, but yesterday here it was seventy two degrees and cloudy. Oh,
0: yesterday it was like a thousand degrees here.
1: Oh, it felt like um, fall was coming here, and it was what? amazing. Yeah, so like a twenty five degree swing. It What's crazy?
0: The hottest day you've ever farmed?
1: Um, it wasn't. It was dumb because it was partly optional, but it was last year, July fourth. We gave everybody the day off, but I still had to go in to check on stuff because um, we didn't live on the farm. Right, And it was – well, this, it didn't help because I was working in the hoop house, which amplifies temperature. Yeah. Um, I don't know by how much, but it was probably – it was like 98 degrees outside at that point. Ugh. And I was in a hoop house where the heat index probably had to be over 100. I did not last long. I was pruning and cleaning up tomato plants. And then I had a – I was <laughs> I was doing it in my swimsuit because I was going to go to the beach afterwards because uh-huh. we were close to Lake Michigan. And I had a, a beach towel with me. And every five, it's literally like every 15 seconds, I stopped and like wiped my face on the towel and like caught my breath. And then it would like work for like, another 15, it was brutal. Um, I didn't, I did not do that for a long amount of time, that sounds, but that sounds terrible.
0: I had some really gnarly days back when I was in, doing the, uh, the deck cleaning and, and staining. Oh yeah. man,
1: it doesn't help that you're on like on the deck, Hot. just like baking.
0: Yeah. One time we had a little thermometer that one of us brought for some reason. And we, uh, were working one of the hottest days I ever worked and we put it <laughs> Just, like, out on the deck where we were all working, and it got up to 150 degrees.
1: Yeah, that's just ridiculous. It was dumb. But you guys didn't take days off for heat?
0: Not for heat. Take days off for rain.
1: Yeah, because you can't work. (laughs) Well, and
0: with with the heat days, we would just try to start early. But also, you can't start too early because you're at people's houses. And if you're washing... And and, and a hot day when you're washing is not a big deal because, like, you're dealing with water. That feels nice. It's the hot days when you're staining that are just... I don't know brutal. how I did it yeah absolutely brutal
1: yeah I'm glad we're not working tomorrow because the heat index here I think is 110 tomorrow Yeah, same so it's an indoor day <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly I am gonna be an indoor Sam
1: yeah you have big plans for your indoor Sam you no
0: know, Emily's out of town and I'm just gonna be an indoor Sam all by myself and wow. read some books and actually I'm getting a haircut so I have to go a little bit outdoors <laughs>
1: That's big big bachelor weekend for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, a haircut and play some video games and do a lot of reading.
1: What do you what do you plan? I don't even know. You still playing Overwatch or anything? Oh, or yeah, I play some games?
0: Overwatch here and there. This is not a video game podcast, Max.
1: This is a work podcast. This
0: is a work podcast. It's the opposite of a video game podcast.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, it depends on what your work is.
0: Oh, uh, well, I guess so. Oh. Ne- neither of us are <laughs> Twitch streamers.
1: Not not yet. I don't okay. know what I would stream. I don't, I don't know what I'd stream. I haven't played a video game. If, in thought, a if you thought about streaming your farming, yeah, that'd be It's like real.
0: Farmville or or Stardew
1: Valley, Max Dew Valley. What would. Okay, the filming would it be. I'm just thinking about this now. It would be so yeah. cool. It would be crazy. The amount of cameras, first off, you would need. Well, everywhere. here's
0: one thing you could do. What you'd get, you'd get a selfie stick and you would mount it to like a hat. So it would be out in front of you pointing back at you and you just do your day and it would just be streaming from that camera all day
1: you realize that there's one point my my day where i'm facing a bed of of a row of peas right but you trellis peas upwards yeah
0: (laughs) so you can kind of tilt you say you tilt your camera to the side is you get like a side view while you're doing that i would watch this
1: yeah i mean i have sat and watched and this is different but i've watched many a youtube video of um just like harvesting machines and tractoring machines on like large farms Wait, so really? like watch it. yeah have you ever watched like a, a potato watch a potato <laughs> yeah farm, but you're like, a farmer dude that's like me going on youtube and watching people like be a consultant it's different because it's so first off visually pleasing the way that industrial farms are run because everything is gps based so it's very true. fun to watch this like aerial footage and have you ever wondered like how are they harvesting you know, enough cucumbers or whatever for like, you know, like just yeah. like vlastic pickles or something. Like, they're not picking them by hand. Yeah. Or if they are, like, how are they picking them by hand? It's crazy. Also, just to push back on myself there, I watch uh,
0: colleagues and people in my field give talks and workshops virtually all the time. So. Yeah,
1: so thank you for... <laughs> I didn't have that knowledge to say that to you. But I'm glad you brought it up on your own. Mm-hmm. But um. So is this, like,
0: is this like farmer ASMR for you?
1: Yeah, I guess so. And Well, no, because it's not really... The way that i would ever want to farm because also while i'm looking at that video and i'm looking at them doing all the stuff to the soil i'm thinking the reason this looks so nice and there's no weeds is because it's just coated and awful awful you know chemicals. it's almost the, yeah the chemicals but it's also the opposite of no-till it's just like extreme all till, all-till all <laughs> only it's all, till it's all till all the time and uh, <laughs> so but they're fun to watch just to see how a thing because you you know the farming that i do You'd have to have so many farms to ever produce enough food for the people right. um, <laughs> that currently live here, um, which, I mean, it could be done. It's the way it used to be done. But, but it well, also
0: not much. that many people. And yes. also you couldn't just like go to the store and pick from like 20 different kinds of green beans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we can – that's still a future topic that I want to talk about in terms of like what do – especially in the farming community, it's think you talk about all the time about like, what the future of –
0: I actually uh, put an article in our potential topics about that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, about the, the future of like, what does farming need what what farmers want the farm you know, future yeah. to be in terms of like me and other people that I've talked to, or, you know, in terms of climate change and sustainability, what does the future of farming need to be? But those YouTube videos aren't it, but they're very fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess even like divorce yourself from the idea that
0: this is farming. This is just big tractors driving around doing fun things. It's
1: yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous looking at like a machine that costs like a million dollars. Don't you
0: don't you like driving tractors though? Isn't it fun to drive a tractor?
1: We still have a tractor on our farm.
0: Do you have? Do you drive one of those? Have you ever driven like one of the big like industrial farming ones?
1: No, I would love to, like a combine for harvesting corn or something. No, I I I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um,
0: Probably.
1: But no, I've driven the biggest tractor I've driven is pretty small compared to anything an industrial uh, farmer would ever drive. But it does feel. Very farmery to just be sitting on a tractor, yeah. uh, and plowing or mowing a field. It's a lot of fun, but we don't do that in no-till, so right. I don't get to experience that anymore. <laughs> you, have
0: to, you have to get your your farmer jollies some other way. Yeah. What's the you, okay? So yeah, here's a question for you. What now is like the the farmeryest thing that you do? Like when you're doing it, you're like, God, I am a farmer. Like right this like this right now season, in this current season.
1: I mean, there's days when we're like. Just hoeing with like – sometimes like an old-fashioned – oh, you know what it was? Here's what it was. We had to hill our potatoes, right? Wait, wait, when you wait, hill, wait, wait. wait. What's, what is yep. to hill
0: something? Is that, I've never I'll heard it as it. a verb.
1: I'll explain it. So anyways, when you plant potatoes, they come out of – you plant you know a little a little chunk of potato. Um, okay. They have little eyes on them. Those become the sprouts that come out yeah, of the Yeah, that's what happens when you leave potatoes yeah. in in your pantry for too long and they grow yeah. arms. Yep, exactly. So we intend – we want them to do that in the fields. Yeah. <laughs> and so you plant that and when it comes up out of the ground, what you do – especially on – Bigger farms, you take a tractor or something, and use discs or something that kind of are going to to push soil up onto the leaves and stuff to basically bury the plant again. Almost, you don't want to fully bury it, but the ma- one reason you do it is to keep weeds down. When you turn the soil over, that it keeps down weed pressure. You also are providing more space for the potatoes to grow into, um, and right. in the family of tomatoes and stuff like that, tomatoes, potatoes, that's solanaceous crops like we talked about. Their stems. Wait, can put
0: potatoes out... and tomatoes are the same family? Yes. They're not even close to the same.
1: Okay, well...
0: Tomatoes grow... They're little red guys, and they grow up in the sky. And potatoes are little brown guys, and they grow in the dirt. How are they the same family? I can't wait
1: for you to write <laughs> a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Anyways, we're not even going to go into that now, because <laughs> I think that might be someone better uh, equipped to talk about All maybe right, botany boy. and stuff like that, and, and why we'll they're categorized the way they are. I can do my but anyways, research. But anyways... The um, one other thing in that family is that those stems can put out roots. Um, So if you ever see a tomato plant fall and touch the ground, it turns into a potato. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) The stem will grow roots almost where it touches the ground. Wow. And so now there's new roots touching and holding it to the ground there. So their stems can do that. So in potatoes, the thing you're eating is a root. If you think about it, you know, the the tuber is a root. So you provide more soil up and around the stem. You're promoting more growth for tubers. To eventually come, and the other thing is, you don't want your potatoes to become exposed to the sun. That's when they turn green. You know, if you keep your potatoes on a counter, way near the sun, they start to get that green sheen. They turn,
0: turn into potato chips.
1: Yeah, no, no, what they turn into is unedible and semi-poisonous food. So, because wow. um, the skin starts to photosynthesize and they become no good. Um, so, what you do is when you're you're hilling, you're covering them again to keep them from being exposed How to the sun. How the hell
0: did we ever figure all this stuff out about food and farming?
1: I mean, I think a simple one would be: is you see the potato be turning green because it's in the sun. You think, well, is that going to be good? And you taste, you yeah, go, that tastes terrible. We need to cover that. So what should we do? Well, let's just put more soil on top of it. Yeah. And so you just kind of throw right. soil on top of it, and then you discover, you know, that. Or if your soil's too compact, and but you need them, the tubers to get bigger and grow, you just provide more soil kind of above them so that they can continue expanding. But anyways, Touché. to say Touché. On our on our farm, we had to hill our potatoes, and because we're a hand everything by hand farm. Um, one way you could do that is it would have been like a, a spade or a shovel and just like throwing soil on top of the plants. But instead we took an old-fashioned like genuine, you know, like hoe, like flat blade um, and walked down and just like hacked the soil and pulled towards me to build basically a little pyramid of soil. And we were doing that on it was like a ninety degree day, me and one of my my coworkers. And I was out there just like hacking at the soil and dragging soil onto the plants. And I was like, I literally looked at her, I thought, like this is, Old-fashioned. This, <laughs> this feels some this, real farming. Yeah, this is – I mean, like, this. the stupid thing is that's we say things like that on the farm all the time. Let's be like, this is really farmery right now, what we're doing. Like, the way we're doing this, like, you know. Um, there's a bunch of stuff like that on a farm, especially when you're doing handheld tools and everything. Yeah. Um, I think for another thing that I haven't done in a long time, but whenever you bale hay or even move bales of hay, it just feels right. Feels oh, yeah. oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I personally have,
0: like – PTSD from the idea of moving hay around. Uh, but
1: I never even knew what, what happened genuinely. You just had to <laughs> move some hay and you almost died? Like, we don't.
0: There's a whole story here. Okay, first, can I just give you my equivalent for like, the most consultancy thing that I feel yeah. like I ever do? For me, and I always hate myself in these moments, it's when I am in the back of an Uber, either going to or from the airport, and I'm on a phone call with a client. I'm like, wow, you're like a commercial. I'm you're like, like the Uber
1: Black commercial. Oh am like, God.
0: I hate myself. No, I haven't seen the Uber Black commercials. Uber Blacks always, are nice though.
1: They're always like that. It's always like you can continue doing business, and it's the yeah. guy doing a, making a phone call and like writing an email in the yeah. back of a, a Uber. Yeah, so that is
0: in many ways that is my everyday life, and I <laughs> hate my. I kind of hate myself a little bit when I when I notice that. I'm like, ugh.
1: Who you don't say I? it as fun the fun way that I go like, "Ooh, I'm a farmer." You go, "Ugh, oh, I'm a consultant." This is so consultanty. I love.
0: Let me let me be very clear. I love being a consultant. Oh no! But no. but there there are just these moments, and any time that I find myself like uh, like having to wrap up a phone call because I'm, oh, I got I got to get on the plane. I got to wrap up a phone call. I'm like, oh god, who am I? I and I try to be very like, you know, I'm a Spurlin. I I don't go. I go through life trying to. Um, cause as little um uh, try to impact as few people as possible uh, around me we've kind of all grown up with that uh mentality uh, yeah. so i'm not annoying about it but i just have these moments where i'm like man i'm really really consultant guy uh the hay story real quick our cousin sean you know he used to live kind of out in the country uh and he had a friend who had like a, a farm and we, I was staying with him. I used to stay with him over the summer for like days at a time. Um, and we went over to his friend's house to help uh, bale hay. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. And I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt and the, I was like on a wagon. And basically like these bales of hay would come out and I was supposed to like kind of grab them, and like help stack them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, within 15 minutes of doing that, my arms were just incredibly, incredibly itchy, like where the hay was touching me. My yeah. face was incredibly itchy. My eyes were watering and my throat and my eyes were starting to swell up and I couldn't like breathe. Uh, so Aunt Brenda took me home to their house and gave me a shit ton of Benadryl. And yeah. was like, and like she watched me very intently for like an hour to make sure I wasn't getting worse. Cause we were about to have to go to the hospital. So yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But
1: hay literally almost killed me. So we chose. It's probably good that you. This podcast probably isn't good. flipped where you're not the farmer and I'm the consultant. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that would. Uh, <laughs> it'd be like a one episode podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was a farmer, and then I, and then I realized <laughs> that.
1: They called the ambulance. And I went home.
0: Uh, it was weird, and I part of me like wants to try again and see if I'm still allergic. But I mean, probably am. <laughs>
1: You could see a doctor about that. I think maybe not just touch some hay, but
0: yeah, yeah. I well, don't this know.
1: this really quickly correlates with one of the discussions we were having at the farm recently because I've mentioned this many times, but like there's just so much time to fill in a day as a farmer with conversation yeah. and stuff. I mean, yeah, um, you just get to like we were talking about like you get to know each other in one week incredibly well because you're around each other for eight hours a day. You're not like yeah. that with a lot of coworkers at other jobs. Yeah. So I know all my coworkers very well and. We're always just like finding different things to talk about. And the recent one was we were asking around everyone, like, what is the worst job you could have to work for you personally? Like, what would be the job that, like, you, you know, other people can do it? It's not like necessarily like it's like a garbage man or something. It's more right. like, what is it just not, are you not equipped for? And it took me a little while and <laughs> being a Sperlin. I quickly realized, you know what it would be? And yours might be something. Oh, maybe not so much anymore. You do a lot of phone calls these days being a telemarketer. Oh
0: yeah, that'd be terrible.
1: Or over the phone sales or when Haley used to have to call for Michigan State to call alumni for like money and stuff. Yeah. I think <laughs> oh, I would wouldn't last an hour well, at that job. Well,
0: I can tell you that I didn't last an hour at that job because when I was at Bowling Green, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time for whatever reason, I don't know if she tricked me or if I thought it was a good she idea, did. but we decided to apply for the job of basically doing that for for Bowling Green calling alumni and asking for money and we made it through the first hour of training and we looked at each other and we we're like I don't want to do this and she's like yeah. I don't want to <laughs> do this either I'm like I'm out of here so I lasted about an hour doing that And I agree that would have been probably the worst
1: although honestly
0: I mean having gone through like teaching um like in my teaching education program and now as a consultant I think I probably could like get through that. Like, I don't really mind calling people or having, like, weird conversations, but I guess the repetition of that would be, like, mind-numbing for me.
1: Yeah, you said I was asking if you could think of anything else, but... Hmm.
0: Probably. Let me think. Let me think real quick.
1: What was the worst job you've ever had currently? Hmm. Or, to this date?
0: So... When I was the cart getter at Target, <laughs> I was gonna that guess was – no, that wasn't it. Was it. That was oh, good. Okay. It was when they made me be a cashier that it was bad because technically I was both, but I was primarily yeah. the cart guy, and I yeah. only had to be a cashier when we were really busy, and I was bad at it, and I didn't like it. And I had like people I'd interact with people and I'm like, "No, yeah. thank you." But being a cart guy, I would just I came up with all these little games for myself, getting carts out of the parking lot and bringing them mm-hmm. back into the store. Sometimes I would see how many I could do at once. Sometimes I would do it or I could only bring one in at a time. Uh, I would do like different patterns bringing them in from the parking lot. It was great. Uh, <laughs> so the worst <laughs> one I probably ever had was, I mean, let's be true, like substitute teaching friggin' yeah. sucks.
1: Yeah, that makes like sense. Nobody
0: wants to be a substitute teacher. Yeah, maybe, maybe the act I take the back. There probably are some people who want to be one. I certainly did not. I wanted to be a full time teacher very badly. Could not find a job, so I subbed, and that just sucked.
1: Okay, sorry. Well, I've, I've diverted us very far. away. <laughs> sorry. Right.
0: We, I mean, I we say we have a premise for this podcast, but it's pretty loosely
1: held. Hey, that was work based. It was. I know <laughs> we're doing great. Um, so what'd you do this week? All right, well, well, we can talk about yeah. We can talk about what's actually been going on. You want me to go, dude? First if we pop, were um, if
0: we were a big podcast, right there is where we would have had a natural ad break.
1: Oh, I know. Let's just no, pretend. Let's
0: do ad. it. Hey, uh, everyday value three sixty five seltzer water. It's wet and spicy, just like seltzer should be. You should get some. Whoa. Wait, actually, wet and spicy. Yeah. What what flavor you have there? It's again? carbonated. That's what you know. Spicy <laughs> water.
1: Spicy. Yeah, <laughs> now, I now you do.
0: Now you advertise something.
1: I want to advertise for their competitor. This is bubbly. This is bubbly, sparkling water. Lime flavored. It's the one with head Michael Buble in the commercials. So that's all you need to know, really. But anyways.
0: (laughs) We're going to have to. We're probably going to have to practice that a little bit more if we're ever going to get some ads.
1: I had a real Dan McCoy vibe. Dear
0: dear company listening to this, we promise to take it more seriously and be good at it if you want to give us money. The end. Um, Anyway. All right. What were we going to talk about?
1: wait for that to happen i think we're gonna talk about my week but yeah
0: what'd you do this week
1: um as far as farming goes i mean nothing too riveting i guess one thing and wait hold on lamb update (laughs) um well they're good they're good i found out that they've the first batch goes in about one month so we have a one month clock going here you started saying Um, goodbyes no because i barely ever knew them do you get a (laughs) do you get a sense that they know something is coming no, no, I do not get the sense there's a lot going on at all inside their brains. Um, they are still absolute fiends for the grain that we're bringing to them. Yeah. You could walk by just accidentally, and they are all charging the gate, like thinking that you've got something from. them. Um, so I think we've done a good job of getting them used to us <laughs> and people, and I think we'll have no problems getting them. Last year they had a lot of problems trying to corral them. Yeah, all you're
0: going to have to do is bring a little grain onto the truck, yeah. and uh, they're all about it.
1: They're all there. We're actually going to have trouble only taking five because all <laughs> yeah. ten are going to get on. <laughs> um, but they're good, and um, they're very warm, and wait, they're – What do
0: you mean they're very warm?
1: Well, it's about to be 100 degrees, and that's not – Oh, idea. yeah, and they're
0: wearing sweaters. Yeah. They're
1: wearing sweaters. So what do, guess, you do
0: to cool the, what do you do to cool the lambs down?
1: If we just put up you – know, you know those fan sprinklers you used to run through yeah. as a kid?
0: Yeah. <laughs> no. They would
1: love that, though. Well, you should give them like a little kiddie pool. A they're kiddie a
0: kid – wait, no, they're goat. Never mind. Kids are goats.
1: <laughs> Yeah, good save. <laughs> they um, what do we? Oh, the other thing is, yeah, yeah. They have a huge tank of water that they could run around in if they wanted to, hmm. but um, or, run or splash splashing. Um, but they're good. And pigs are zapping themselves all the time. <laughs> I have yet to figure that out. Maybe um, they're doing it on purpose. I think it's just 'cause they like to feel something.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but uh, they're they're good too. We have we made them a uh, a wallow. For them to play in over the weekend nice and other than that they're not they don't look massive or anything yet but they still have quite a few months until we take them anywhere so i
0: mean given, as far as livestock goes. given the temperature maybe you should make yourself a wallow
1: yeah i'm thinking about it I might go join them tomorrow <laughs>
0: yeah
1: honestly i don't want to step foot outside tomorrow um but other than that the big thing we did this week actually was so this farm before it was being managed by my current manager who started about three years ago and she's the one that kind of chose the no-till system Mm -hmm. as the thing that she wanted to do here um the previous farm manager had a lot of perennial fruits which basically what's a perennial fruit it would just be like raspberries black raspberries blueberries things that are going to come back strawberries things are going to come back every year without replanting apple Um, tree apple tree peach tree yes we have those avocado bush yes sure do avocados grow on bushes i think they grow on trees as well oh also a tree but anyways we don't grow them here in massachusetts but um anyways so we've been doing a lot of They've been slowly converting it to this no-till and trying to regain some some field space because we're working in a pretty tight um field location basically we have the one acre um so this past week we basically took a they took a former section of raspberries mowed them tilled them in and now we have new space to work with so that means we formed um eight new beds by hand, which <laughs> is like ditch digging. Basically um, what you're doing is essentially we you till with a tractor. So that is a little contrary to the no-till, but it's a, the one till we do with a, a machine. And then we go through and actually dig with a shovel to dig the pathways and we throw the dirt back into the beds to make them raised. Um, we built eight 140 foot beds. So it's a lot of digging.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. No, you got but... some uh, blisters on your hands.
1: Actually, no. Thank goodness. Um, I somehow got away with it. I am ripped. My arms are ripped to shreds from black raspberry. Yeah, brushes. you're ripped. So, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I mean, do you remember? Like, did you? I feel like of all the brothers, you probably did not spend a ton of time picking black raspberries in our backyard. No.
0: Well, considering I'm allergic to raspberries, uh, I didn't. Yeah,
1: a kid, you didn't know that.
0: No. Yeah, you're right. I. I, <laughs> I mean, I was more allergic to like, hot work. and work. Yeah
1: yeah this is well this is weird too because we always were obviously picking them like in a bramble in our backyard where the mosquitoes were ripping us to shreds yeah and it was just hard to find them we're picking them here like an actual it's weird to see like not i mean by cultivated they're not cultivated in that sense but they're planted in straight rows that we're picking I mean, here they
0: were deliberately placed there as opposed yes. to our backyard
1: <laughs> yes um but i my arms are still absolutely torn to shreds just like picking them at home would be um but other than that, we formed a bunch of new beds. We planted all of our fall brassicas, which are basically kale, collards, um, cabbages, broccoli. Broccoli Rob? Like My boy Broccoli Rob? We went for straight broccoli this time. We mm. did Our broccoli Rob was, was poor in the spring, so we think maybe we'll try something different um, and just go for actual genuine broccoli. But we planted a bunch of new beds, which is not ideal because <laughs> it's about to be 100 degrees, and that is stressful on little plants right but we kind of had no choice we had the fields prepped and whatever we'll water we're watering the crap out of them and hoping they get through it um i expect to do a lot of going back and plugging in new plants to ones that died over the weekend but that's why we we start a bunch of extras every time but other than that farm stuff that's pretty much it
0: what uh what are you cooking
1: what am i cooking making more bread uh, this weekend's a bread week a bread All right. weekend All
0: right. so i
1: will be I, right now i fed i fed my starter last night um, I haven't. We should name my starter. I haven't yeah. named my starter because a lot yeah. of people do name them. Right they just... now,
0: uh, uh, right here. Let's go. Come up with a name on air. Yeah. Uh, I got one.
1: Okay. Doug. I can't. Doug I'm, the Dough. No, my boss's boyfriend's name is Doug. Oh, and I, see, right. I see Doug a lot. <laughs> okay, that would be confusing. I fed yeah. Doug. I burped Doug. <laughs> it was not burp. We don't. I don't burp it. But you do feed it. Oh, okay. Um, How about well, – um,
0: all right, let's come up with a different one. Uh, buh...
1: Pre- Preston. Preston. <laughs> we'll think on it maybe. I don't know if I like Preston.
0: Well, you're not, really, you're not
1: really helping me carry the load here. i thinking Seamus the Sourdough.
0: Uh, that's okay. Sinclair. Sinclair,
1: okay, we'll call, I'll call him Sinclair. That's good. Right, Anyways, right. I fed Sinclair last night, and I'll feed him again tonight. What do you
0: feed Sinclair? Like uh, little it's bugs?
1: Flour and water. Oh, it's, it's not too exciting. So, um, I'll feed it again tonight, and then I'll, I'm going to bake tomorrow um, afternoon probably. But yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm making more sourdough. Uh, sourdough's been good. But now, I what did I make? I made my first ever lasagna on my own. Wow, that was exciting. Um, I made a Lasagna, the
0: classic pasta. Where
1: are you on? Finish it. <laughs> Dunk it. Slam that home. Slam that home. Cake. Pasta, pasta. cake. Yes. Yeah, a layered cake. Man, I thought My I lost it. My brain just
0: stopped for a second. I thought I lost it too. I think it's had a tiny stroke.
1: Wow. I couldn't yeah, remember so I the word a for a cake. cake. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I made my first pasta cake. It was a kale and mushroom one, um, hmm. and it's ricotta cheese. A lemon ricotta was pretty good. I also then, made some
0: pasta the other night. Not nearly as classy as that though. I just took some tomato you, sauce and I cooked up some ground beef and I mixed it together and I put it on some pasta.
1: And that's that's still good. And a bunch of, actually, like, a ton of oregano as well. A shit, ton of Regna. Nice. Mm-hmm. The other thing I did was I did make another pasta the night before. These are all from the same cookbook. I have one cookbook that I'm like following pretty mm-hmm. religiously because it's just very appro- very easy to use as a new, a new chef. Um, but I made a um, like a sugar snap pea pasta, but it's actually and with with pancetta. So basically, I bought mm-hmm. pancetta, sauteed it, then threw in. You make well. I call it make-your-own-butter. You take – you make a compound butter basically by just taking unsalted butter, and then I added in toasted – I toasted peppercorns, whole peppercorns, and ground them mm-hmm. um, like a mortar and pestle. Except mm. I didn't have a mortar and pestle. I used a mason jar um, mm. and crushed them, and, um, and you throw that into the butter, and you throw in some cheese into the butter, two different types, and then I let that cool. But then actually that's what your sauce is for your pasta. Mm. It's this this butter pancetta peas and Mm. and like a fettuccine uh noodle Mm. it was very good Mm. top notch so this is our food podcast now
0: Mm. sounds very good
1: i've been i've been whipping up some pickles as well i did some pickled beets and i also pickled just actual cucumber slices but i did more like fridge pickles so Mm. um yeah but that's what that's what i've been up to oh and actually uh, i have i have one more thing going i did a um I'm in the process of making a black raspberry shrub. Have you the hell a shrub? Is,
0: what the hell's a shrub? I mean, other than like a small plant. Oh,
1: it's a, well, I didn't know what it was until the farm dinner. I learned what it was. But it's basically, you just take berries of some sort, mix them with sugar, and let them sit for a little bit. And it kind of pulls the liquid out of it. And then you strain that and add in vinegar of some sort. And you kind of mix that together. And then you can add that solution to like a uh, club soda or sparkling water. Or you can make mm. it alcoholic in a cocktail or something. But it's a good way to use up a lot of fruit. So I took like a pound of black raspberries and mixed them up with some sugar. I'm gonna strain it tonight, probably, and then I'm gonna try it out. And you can add different things. So you can add like basil, Thai basil, lemon balm, things to throw in more flavor. So we'll see how that actually goes. It's my first time mixing up any type of syrup. So yeah, big things happening over here. And Haley got me an apron for my birthday, which is next week. Um, So now I have a cool apron I can wear. Very cool. So I'm official on sure. full yeah working on my chopped uh, um audition yeah i don't have many choices of what to make i mostly just toss it in olive oil and garlic <laughs> <laughs> saute it yeah but, uh what about you what you do this week for work oh
0: what did i do this week let's pop open the old calendar
1: did you um we settled this do you went back to your old system of to do or to do stuff
0: yeah i'm back in things
1: Back in things, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> it
0: was very short-lived. Well, this the integration that I was trying to use with Trello would, like, randomly fail. When, when I'm dealing with task management, like, I can't, I can't be having that. Like, I got to yeah. be able to trust that anything I put in the system is going to be there. And if I can't trust yeah. it, then I can't use it.
1: Yeah, that's understandable.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So the main thing this week... We, uh, we're starting a lunch and learn series at my client, where basically every other week we're going to give like a 20 minute presentation on a topic and then have a discussion with whoever shows up um, who wants to talk about it. So this week we gave one uh, on the concept of what we call like making work visible. So I gave the bulk of that talk for about 20 minutes on Tuesday. And then we facilitated a conversation with uh, probably about 30 or 35 people who are there, both either on the phone or in the room, actually. Um, I think a decent number of them just showed up for the pizza, uh, yeah. which I can't
1: blame them. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we gave them a little show, a little, a little consultant show. Is um, When you put these on, are these people from different parts of the company in terms of hierarchy? Are there yeah. managers? Are there people that are all it's higher ups? They,
0: this okay. was I mean a pretty wide open invitation. I don't I was kind of out of the loop of who specifically was invited, but it was a, a mix of of kind of middle management type people, I think, who were there. Um, so yeah, I gave that talk which was was good. Um, you know, I don't know if it's interesting to go into it very much, but it's just about the idea of like when you're working In in a lot of these, a lot of our clients, um, the way of working is very siloed and very kind of private, Mm -hmm. meaning like people are reluctant to share work in progress because they want it to be like perfect before they share it with anyone, uh, which is like admirable uh, inclination. But if you're trying to make the best thing possible, it's better to get feedback earlier Uh, Because it's easier to incorporate feedback earlier rather than taking forever to get something to what you think is done and then getting feedback on it and then having to go back and change it. So we try to do things to instill a culture of just it's normal to share rough drafts of things like it doesn't have to be pretty to share it with someone Mm -hmm. and just make that a a more normal thing. Um, And then we talked about various ways of visualizing work in progress um using things like kanban boards uh to show like the backlog of work and what was currently being worked and where things are bottlenecked um to just try to bring um some shared consciousness around how the work is going rather than having it be kind of just like locked in people's heads um and ideally getting to a place where we don't we no longer need to have status meetings which are a huge waste of time, but is probably the majority of most meetings in companies that we work with. Basically meetings where like a leader wants to know what's happening with a project, so everybody gets together in a room and we just like give updates on it yeah. for a while. And that's just a huge waste of time. So we try to help organizations get to a point where the status of everything lives in software that everybody can access. Um, And that means you can go get whatever information you need, whenever you need it, rather than calling a meeting, which is incredibly disruptive and expensive uh, to do. So we were just putting some of those ideas out for the group to talk about and think about and share um, their thoughts about. Uh, So that was the early part of my week. And then the second part. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, so, so, what's is there anything new in terms of where you stand with that company and moving forward, or is this kind of what you cause this is the client you were just at, right? Yeah, yeah, so this yeah, is yeah. the project that's kind of in, in this reform yeah, I mean, zone we, right we, now. <laughs>
0: we met and talked about it, it's still a little bit wait and see. Uh, in the in kind of like the larger play, we, we're gonna do we're gonna spend some time, um, with the kind of the the core group of people going deep into some theory next week um, out of brave new work I'm actually rereading the book to kind of prepare for that and I think mm-hmm. that might give us some inspiration about how to move forward um, so there's a lot for us to do we're kind of focusing in on making artifacts like making documents and other resources that people can use to in other parts of the organization rather than a more traditional transformation type project since we don't really have a team to work with. Um, So it's still kind of a little bit up in the air. Cool. Just curious. Yep. Uh, And then, yeah, the second part of the week was internally like writing our newsletter, the ready's newsletter, which I'm responsible for writing every week generally goes out every Saturday. And then we've been doing this new uh, series on our medium publication called work in progress, where we share a scenario, um, kind of like a real scenario from a client project and invite people to share their ideas about how to proceed or how to handle the challenge. And we did the first one a couple of weeks ago, got an incredible response from it. Um, So I just today or this week, I wrote the second uh, scenario and just published that a few minutes ago. Um, So that was a a decent part of, like, basically all of Thursday was writing that and writing the the newsletter. Um, And then, yeah, the rest of the time was basically building uh, some artifacts for the client, uh, some stuff around new ways of of meeting, particularly around this thing we call an action meeting. So building a guide, a step-by-step guide about how to do it, uh, writing a long article about kind of some of the intricacies of it, uh, designing some physical cards that people can have like kind of postcard sized that mm-hmm. have like the steps of the meeting and things like that. Well, that was more or less it this week.
1: For the work in progress um, stuff, do you, have, do, you read, do you have to read through all these responses that you're getting? Yeah. yeah. Um, what was, I mean, so uh, one, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little impressed that you guys got such a good response. Cause I feel like, I mean, I'm not obviously a consultant or anything and I, I read the first work in progress that came out in the newsletter and I was uh-huh. like, Damn, that's daunting. And I was like, <laughs> I'm curious if, you know, if people are going to respond. And then I saw that you, know, you had said that you had got good feedback. Yeah. Um, so did you sit and kind of just you have to you process all the responses into kind of what the, some common themes were for what people were trying to like their yeah. solutions were? Or what do you what do you do with all the information that you were given?
0: Yeah. So what I did was take each response and I copied and pasted it into a spreadsheet. Uh, like each row was its own response. And then I went through and I read them all and i basically did what's called qualitative coding i mean i just read through and i looked for common themes um mm-hmm. so once you read a few you start to see what the common themes are and then i essentially coded the responses for those themes so i would just go through and if if this response covered this theme i would just add that in the column next to it and that by the end i had a handful of themes that most of them touched on and then that was the backbone for the response and then allowed me to kind of go in and find specific quotes that I thought were good to, that represented those themes
1: so are these responses coming from mostly people in the industry or would
0: it's a mix of external consultants like us either who either people who have their own kind of solo practice or or work at other consulting firms and there's also internal change agents who responded as well so people who work at companies that we might actually work with who have kind of, who have a job similar to what we do, you know, whether they're org development, uh, internal org development, leadership development, that type of thing, those types of people also tend to have opinions about how to do this work.
1: Cool. I'm glad the first one went well.
0: Yeah. So I'm hoping the second one kind of carries it on. It was interesting. I, I didn't expect to get that many responses. Um, and I wanted to do a good job writing the response article. My colleague, Gary, helped me. He actually wrote the first draft. But I thought it was important that we did a good job writing it because I didn't want people to be like to, – to basically never respond again because yeah. they think we didn't do a good job. Uh, we didn't, like, honor the effort that they put into it. So that ended up being a lot more work than I necessarily anticipated, which, I mean, is true probably for all types of work everywhere. Everything always takes longer than you think it will
1: yeah um so, is this kind of i mean is the goal of this not that there needs to be some crazy goal or anything but just like kind of the continuation of the reputation stuff of getting your name out there and just getting people to kind of interact with what you're doing yeah or to see what the interest level is of people who read your newsletter
0: the idea so the idea with anything any of the writing we do online is to just have more stuff connected to our name online that people think um is smart is well written that that you know, basically we'll catch someone's eye and make them look into us more. And I thought a series where we have an opportunity to show how we think through things in addition to kind of bringing the community into it was a way to do that in an interesting way rather than just providing a scenario and then just writing our take on it, which I think is kind of boring. I think it's interesting to see how other people, um, respond to it and then that gives me something to kind of play off of in the response as well i can i can point out responses where like well we wouldn't do things this way we would actually think about it this other way and i'm hoping that this becomes a thing where you know a, a leader at some company sees it and they're in, in, in he or she is like yeah that's like really smart i need to talk to these guys more like that was a that's like the type of problem that we have right now and i like how they handled it so let's let's go talk to
1: them yeah i mean it makes sense too because i've been so one of my coworkers is who i passed brave new work on because she really wanted to read it um and her and i've been talking about it a lot just at work because again that's what we have plenty of time to talk it over <laughs> right. um and just picking out stuff that we thought was really interesting or really profound or things that were good to talk about in terms of farming um which would be fun to eventually bring back to talk about more um but um Oh my God! Where was I headed with this? Oh, we no, my favorite thing about a lot of it was just the the real world examples yeah. or scenarios. Um, yeah. We both agreed that we would almost read an entire book of just like, you know, um, what do you guys call those evolutionary companies or what do you guys call yeah. Yeah, um, those yeah, companies? That...
0: Organizations
1: yeah that like are doing something you know that are applying this to their company i was like we both agree like i would you know i want to hear more about what people are doing or what scenarios this is actually being applied to because yeah. and when you're reading a book like that it's like this all yeah this all sounds so good this sounds amazing this is how work should be done yeah. but like it's the common examples thing of like, yeah like that's good for that's good for whoever did that you know it's a good idea in practice but like who's actually doing that yeah. um so we always appreciate it whenever the book actually contained those like tidbits where you could be like, oh, Spotify is doing this thing or so-and-so is doing this thing.
0: Yeah, yeah I can uh, give you a whole list of books like that uh, that, are, that have even more case studies or go deeper on some of the case studies in Brave New Work. And then there's a whole genre of book that are um, basically – I don't like they're they're essentially like store they're fables basically like mm-hmm. stories um like a fictional story about a company that demonstrates the stuff about like in brave new work and my colleague actually Urian um in the Netherlands just wrote and published one. I read his book this week actually. Oh, uh, really? And he his um whole thing yeah it was like this um he's really into formula 1. Uh so there's a lot of lessons that you could take from formula one and apply it to uh an organization oh no i lost you oh no you're Uh-oh. back you're back and i lost you for three, a second
1: two we lost each other are you and there to
0: edit this It'll be easy, quick cut I... and go <laughs> yeah. uh no, i'm not editing good. anything my, my colleague urian <laughs> wrote one of these fables basically about a company that builds like the cabinets and stuff for kitchens uh and mm-hmm. then applying these interesting principles from formula one teams uh, and it's actually a really good book. Cool. I'll put it in the show notes, uh, this, okay. uh, in, in for the episode. And then there's another one called, um, the Phoenix project, which is more it and tech focused and I'm about this thing called DevOps. Uh, but it's, it's also just like a really interesting story with like characters and stuff. So I would recommend checking that out too. All right. Cool beans. Boom. Knowledge and shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know if my connection problems are me, but I don't know. Whatever's in the show is in the show.
0: Exactly. Whatever is in the show is in the show.
1: I see you're teasing uh, me, I guess, because no one else can see the document here. But yeah. well, why would you even include the, the fourth bullet there? What's <laughs> that even? What am I supposed to? I know. Into?
0: I know. This is a work thing that is coming. That it has coming like started soon. as one thing and has turned into this other thing, but it's gonna. If it all happens. It's going to involve me going to Europe for a little bit, and it's going to be cool as hell, but I can't talk about it yet because I don't know if it's actually going to come together.
1: But. Cool. Well, if it comes together and you need a personal assistant it's mm. any time during the winter, You just let me know.
0: Uh, it is not during the winter, so no. too bad, eh?
1: Well, you know, late fall.
0: <laughs> um, no, probably not. Um, well, actually, right. we'll, oh, we'll see. Uh, and then the last thing that I thought would be interesting to talk about, I've been working on putting the the archive of my previous podcast back on the internet. Uh, it's called the File Drawer. I Classic. Reco- I recorded it with my my uh, friend from grad school named Eric, and we did like sixty episodes of it over over like two years, a year and a half. That's and a lot uh, of we did, and it was while we were both in grad school. Um, and we eventually stopped doing it because I got a job and moved and he had other things going on. He moved away from California and it has just been sitting on my computer. We let the domain lapse and it for you couldn't find it on the internet anywhere. So I've been slowly re uploading them to the internet. So if you want to listen to a podcast from history, a history podcast, you can say, (laughs) uh, just search for the file drawer in your podcast player of choice. I don't have all the episodes up yet, but I've got like the first i don't know 15 or so
1: i like the idea that he said that it was probably like unfindable on the internet but those true diehard file drawer fans out there sam they found found the archives i
0: guarantee they didn't because i looked hard because i wanted to find the show notes i wanted to i couldn't find i had to make a new logo i couldn't even find our logo on the internet
1: man you know know. what Should have talked to bill i bet he downloaded all (laughs) (laughs) i had the files i just didn't have anything else yeah no i know all right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. I assumed yeah. kind of the the bullet point above about then something exciting that was going on was maybe yeah. that you guys were not maybe bringing it back, but going on huh. tour. Maybe you guys doing a, a U.S. tour or something. I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. It would be a very sad short <laughs> tour. You just up coffee shops that you would set up at like an open mic night. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, can you imagine open mic night? Two guys talking podcast. Yeah. Oh, that's the cringiest thing I've ever heard. That's
1: a Portlandius. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Let's take yeah, the fu- no. oh, we're taking fields of work on the road. We'll take it on the road. We got like yeah, we got fans. Yeah, we do. Oh yeah, In I North checked Hills, our Hills, <laughs> I, I checked
0: our podcast stats the uh earlier today. Uh not so many listeners. Say, say it on the air. Not so many listeners, but the few listeners we have tend to listen to the entire episode. Oh, that's good. They're that's devoted. That's good, right? Not quantity, we
1: want quality, and that's what we have. Heck. We have a large family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some might notice that the, the, the number of downloads correlates very tightly. I to mean, I
0: family. didn't want to say it, but there is some
1: high correlation there. Yeah, that's okay, though.
0: Yeah. Got to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly.
0: And we're One starting here. One amazing episode with amazing sound quality and no connection problems at a time. And yep. no audible drinking of seltzer on the air.
1: Hmm. Mine's mine's gone. <laughs> mine well, mine
0: was mostly warm. Ugh.
1: Okay. Well, we're pretty deep into it at this point. I don't know how deep you want to jump no, into the No, we're not Nothing. doing. We're not doing the main
0: topic. I don't think.
1: No topic, huh? No. I mean,
0: do. You, not that. Not that first bullet, at least. I want to get into it.
1: Oh, okay. I guess the second part, I thought the first part of that question was funny. I'm just like, I've never thought of someone as a, like a bad farmer. Well, there has to be though, right? That's your homework all the time. Think about that. (laughs) Like what,
0: what makes someone a good farmer versus a bad farmer? And I bet you it has very little to do with like, oh, they're not good at making potato hills or whatever. It's like more like the running of a farm. Hey Sam,
1: what was that country little put on you just did with your voice there? Well, they're not used. said they're not good at making potato hills. <laughs> <Chase> I honestly <laughs> wasn't but I, was, I wasn't doing that's an fine. accent. That's um, okay. okay, I'll think on it. We'll tease people it. for that's the next episode just, that we'll have a good yeah. topic about. Because in farm. any
0: in any profession, there are people who are like at the top level of it and there are people mm-hmm. who are average and there are people who are like obviously bad at it. And yeah. I and I I'm sitting here as knowing very little about farms and trying to think through like what that looks like for a farm or yeah. farmer. So
1: No, I can, I can think of a few. I mean, honestly, and this doesn't always correlate to a farm going under, but there's been, at least where I was in Ann Arbor and some other farms, quite a few farms that went under the scale, like smaller you know, farms like yeah. this that have gone under in the past two years um, for various different reasons. But a few of them are for reasons where you'd be like, yeah, you're a, you're a bad farmer. That's well, I, mean, I would
0: imagine it's bad decision making. Like you yeah. grow the wrong thing or you do something at the wrong time of year or you you know misallocate resources or something like that.
1: What I'll say is more often than not, it's not that you grew the wrong thing because you're growing such a wide variety. It's either a marketing problem because so much of farming these days is trying to find the proper market for your stuff right. because there's there's saturation in farmer's markets. There's a bit of saturation even in the CSA model. Um, so that's a big issue. And the other one is, is – what level of debt and startup cost do you pull on to start your farm? There's right. a various different ways to get into farming. One of them is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You buy a piece of land and you live in a camper and you start it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people that have done that, you know, or there's people that buy a piece of land and they instantly put in, they take out, you know, almost $300,000 worth of loans and they put up these amazing greenhouses, put up all this amazing infrastructure. Um, but, and you then know, don't make it back and then don't make it back. But some of them do. And there's definitely stories I can tell of people that have, and yeah. there's reasons, that they have and a lot of it also has to do with um efficiencies and the whole idea of lean lean farming because right. um we can definitely bring that back into play because there's a few farmers that have that have done that take on that debt but have made it right back and been fine um and they are like definitely the success stories overall right but um no i can definitely bring plenty to talk all right about well the, let's the, the we'll dive in that into that reason.
0: in in more detail next week
1: okay good All right. Cool. Well
0: I feel like we need a better way to close the podcast each week. We're we going like to make some a sort of like final song. thing. Well, yeah, we could use a song. If we have any t- musically talented uh, listeners out there, please write us a theme song.
1: I think the Farmer's Almanac, Sam, might have something to do with quotes for each day or quotes oh, for. I'm going to start finding quotes find from the Farmer's well, Almanac. I... I don't know if I'm going to do this on air right now. Uh, the but, Consultant's um, Almanac. Yeah, you guys share those? You guys have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> But you know what, maybe we'll start picking, we'll pick a quote to finish the episode on. It <laughs> sounds,
0: like sounds like a terrible idea, but let's start, let's try for today.
1: I don't, We do want to look at, a farming quote? I ain't got time to look at a whole no, farmer's almanac, want... I don't have it on the, I don't have it on the desk next to me. Oh,
0: you don't? What kind of <laughs> farmer are you? I, I figured you had like a pocket version.
1: <laughs> they, they make those, and I don't think I've seen a modern farmer that well, has a farmer's almanac nearby. <laughs> well, if, if, if farmers aren't buying farmer's almanac, who are buying farmer's almanacs?
0: Wow. Let's just all think about that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. I'm looking up. The internet is right in front of me, so I'm going to find one. Advice of the day. Old Farmer's Almanac. I'm okay. going to give you some advice of the day. This is good. Oh, gosh. Hold on. A huge pop-up just popped up on this oh, website. No. Up there goes the sound quality. Uh, so a virus. <laughs> here you go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. If you're trying to stop smoking, try taking a teaspoon of lemon juice whenever <laughs> you're tempted. <laughs> It's this has all. been this, this, is, this has been Sam
1: for fields of work. I've, and I've been Max.
0: See you and next that week.
1: Is some good <laughs> farmer's advice. <laughs>